Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. Thank you so much. You're all looking beautiful and wide awake today. It's good. How good was worship, you guys? You sound so enthused. It was amazing. Guess what? We loved it so much, we're going to do some more at the end. Doesn't that sound good? So, like Emery said, we're going to begin a series right now for the next kind of indefinitely, probably over a month or so, on Be, Grow, and Thrive. And now the thing is, as we are here in quarter four of 2018 and looking into 2019, we really believe like this is going to be the heartbeat of church. This is something that God spoke to us about a couple of months ago. Three simple words, but I don't think that there's any three other words that can beautifully paint a picture of the heart of church and the direction that we're going in. So be, grow, thrive. So I'd love to just unpack, if we can, for a couple minutes, what this is. So first and foremost, be. House SF, we want House SF to be a place for people to be, grow, and thrive. What does that mean, though, be? Church is a place that you can be family. You can be welcomed into family. And for so many of us, that's a, it's either unique or Maybe we haven't had the best experiences with church or even with family, but this is a place where it will be safe. It's an environment for you to grow in, thrive in, but it's a place where you can come and you can be. Not only be family, but you can actually be yourself. You can be you. You're welcome the way that you are. But what's so beautiful about this is like, we want you to also be who God has created you to be. This freedom to be that, freedom to step into all that God's created you to be. And with family as well, there's the other side of it is being part of the church, the body of Christ. So there's so many aspects of being when it comes to church life. But you can come here and you could be a child of God. You could be part of the family of Christ. Does that sound good? Yeah. I just I wrote a couple things out that I feel what's been on our heart, and I feel like it's going to really help to put, you know, I paint a picture around this for everyone to really grasp, Um, but we're a community that welcomes you into family and empowers you to be family. So House SF is a a community that welcomes you into family and empowers you to be family, because we were not created to do life on our own. We were designed for community, designed to be the church, which is the body of Christ. And with that, I'd say that we're a community that loves, loves you the way that you are, but we champion you on the journey to become all that God has created you to be. And that's something that's so important on our journeys of life, is to be in a community where you're championed to step into all that you are and all that you're created to be. Amen? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. With me? Children of God, sons and daughters of God, that's, the, that's our identity. It's amazing because the timing of the prayer request saying for, you know, praying about identity, because that's something that I believe that we all kind of run into. It's not just a one-time revelation. It's actually something that resurfaces on occasion. It seems like it likes to pop its head up throughout seasons or stages of life. We revisit our identity, who we truly are. But moving on to grow. 
We want church life to be a place, and church to be a place where you can grow in your relationship with God. You could grow in your intimacy with him as well. You could grow as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, right? We spent a lot of time talking about spiritual gifts for a couple months. You could grow in your gifting and grow in these spiritual gifts. Like, that's great. Like, this is an environment for you to do that, to foster these gifts. Not just learn about them and hear about them, but actually activate them and work in them. But then for so many of us, growth is about us learning and growing into how to actually be family. And the reason I say this is because for myself even, I know with my relationship with God, it was so difficult for me to hear that I'm a son of God and God's my father because a lot of you know my story. My dad left when I was three years old. So that was always difficult for me to wrap my head around. I I always struggled with, well, how am I supposed to be a son when technically I don't even know how to be a son? But in an environment like this, in a family environment, the family of God, we get to grow in that. We actually get to learn how to become a son, how to become a daughter, how to become a brother and a sister like a, in a healthy way to other people. And then how to even raise up the next generations behind us. So that's grow. And then thrive is pretty self-explanatory. Thrive, like we, we pray that all of you will thrive in every area of your life, right? That you're going to bear fruit, not just bear fruit, but bear much fruit. That you're going to bring glory to God in everything you do. So this is your career, your relationships, your family, your endeavors, whatever it is that you put your hands to, that you will thrive in those and you'll bring glory to God. And our hope is that part of thriving is not just within these four walls, but that what you'll do and what God is doing inside of you, you'll take outside of these four walls. Amen? It sounds good, right? With me. Now, what I'd love to do is share with you the scripture behind this, which we believe God gave to us. It was back in when we lived in Australia, um, a portion of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. It's verses 19 through 22. I'm actually going to read out of the Passion Translation. I changed this up last minute. I was going to read out of NIV, but I feel like the Passion, Transla- Passion Translation really captures this and, and just communicates this in such a beautiful manner, what Paul is saying. Verse 19 says, So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones. With all the rights as family members of the household of God, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up, excuse me, up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, and best of all, you're connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Verse 21. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completely as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Such a cool portion of scripture. So what I want to do real quick is I want to look at this. I want to pick apart and just go through where we get to be, where we get to grow, and where we get to thrive. Paul begins this by saying what you're not. You're no longer foreigners. You're no longer guests. You are family. You're now members of God's household. He says you're children of God. 
This is your identity. This is our purpose, right? We are children of God. Our purpose actually flows out of sonship, us being sons and daughters of God. Our purpose and our identity flows out of that. It's who we are. It's who we were created to be. And then Paul uses this analogy and this imagery that we are stones of the temple, talking about we are each fitted together to build the church. So that's us, the church, the body of Christ. And then growing, growing in the revelation of who we are in Christ, and that's our identity. That's something that's so huge, and that's what Paul's talking about. He, he starts this all off by talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, you are no longer what you once were. He identifies this. He says, he spends the whole chapter before this talking about where you came from. That might be your past, but that's not who you are anymore. This is who you are. You are family. You are children of God. You are heirs to the throne. This is who you, this is the right that you have now. So it's no longer a thing of the past. This is absolutely who you are. On a side note, it's easy to read the book of Ephesians and to look at it like this is maybe a new church that Paul's talking to. This actually isn't. This very church had been around for quite a while. It was one of the largest churches around at the time. This very church, if you read in Acts 19, was a church that experienced the miraculous on the regular. So much so that even, scripture says, handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul would touch, they would bring these to people and people would become healed. They would bring them to people and evil spirits would be cast out. People would experience deliverance by touching this hanky or this cloth that Paul touched. Isn't that wild? So this church grew up understanding the miraculous. Timothy, who we read about, Timothy was sent and he was one of their leaders. He was one of the pastors there. This is not just some church that started all of a sudden. Paul's like, oh, look, guys, you're no longer this. This is who you are. This is a church that's seasoned, that has been in it. But guess what? Regardless of where you're at, you need to hear this. That's the point Paul is doing this. He's like, you know what? You're already thriving, and this is a growing church. He's not rebuking anybody. He's saying, we need to actually bring ourselves back and remember where we came from and remember who we are right now and where we're going as a church. This is all entirely about a church. Because the guy's name, I think it's Tychicus. I know it sounds crazy, but like the guy that he writes about, he's actually named in multiple books, right? If this was just a letter for one person... He would have, he sent it with this guy. He would have never addressed the church. He included Tychicus in this. But he's saying, this is for all of us. All of us to be united. Not just apostles, not just disciples, not just church leaders. This is for all of us. So this is something that we need to get. Does this sound good? Acts 19. I could go on like such a rant about this because... The city of Ephesus, there was so much going on in the city. There was black magic, there was the occult, there was a whole lot of spiritual stuff going on. And people went after it and they loved it. But people also actually started to see Paul and these apostles performing miracles. So what they would do is they would go out and try and perform miracles for money. If you dig deep enough, you'll see all these historians talking about so many people in this church of Ephesus, all the Ephesians would go out and try and cast out demons trying to make money. 
but they didn't understand the power that they actually was, was given to them. So what they would do, get this, how funny is this? They would run down, and if they're praying over someone to you know, exercise them of any evil spirits or to deliver them, they would go down a list of every name of a god. And they would name Paul, they would name Jesus, they would name Diana, they would name everybody else that they could, just in hopes that these spirits would leave. They were still confused. This church had seen the miraculous, but they were still confused. There was so much going on. So Paul's saying like, hey, we need to actually wake up. We need to get this. We are created for each other, and we are better together. We actually need each other. This is the whole thing of us going off on our own and trying to make names for ourselves. It's not going to work. We need to do this together. So when we grow, Paul's talking about us growing in the revelation of who we are in Christ and what's been made available to us. We grow as our lives begin to be built up together. He says that the entire building is under construction and continually growing. It's a journey. Paul literally is referring to this and telling these people. He's saying, you're very familiar with temples because I believe that the temple of Diana was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world at the time. That was actually in Ephesus. So they saw this temple all the time. They're very familiar with these massive buildings. But Paul's saying, that's actually us. We're fit together. God's created us to work together, to be built up, to be this monument to him. He also says, transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was in the temple, right? It was sectioned off by the veil. It was an area that was designated where only the presence of God can be, that no man could actually walk back there or they would die because no man could handle being in the presence of God. The priests would only go back during certain periods and they would even have a rope tied around their waist with a bell so if they did die, they could be drug out of there. But he's saying that is no longer just reserved for the priests. God's actually making you into that space. That space that was once reserved for only a priest, God's actually making inside of you. He's using you and he's creating you to be that now. The game has changed. Like He's saying, look at the way that you've looked at things, we need to get this revelation. It's no longer like that. Yes, it's helped you become who you are. It's part of your past. But this, this is who you are. Paul talks about thriving in this chapter. He literally says at the end, the Holy Spirit living in you. We could just seriously leave it at that. If you want the recipe on how to thrive in life, that's it right there. Holy Spirit living in you. Holy Spirit living in you. You living an empowered life, living a life with God and for God. With the Spirit of God in you, nothing's impossible. God wants to perform the miraculous. God, God wants to achieve amazing things with you. Just if we dare to dream. Which is part of why we've put this wording together. To be, to grow, to thrive. Because yeah, you could have one or two of these on its own. You could even have grow and thrive on your own. A lot of people do. And they're successful, right? They do pretty well. But then we're completely missing it if we're not being that portion of like our identity of who we're called to be. 
God didn't call you to just succeed on your own. God called us to succeed together and to bring him glory together. Amen? Just so in our final few minutes, I want to focus in on B. The way that I would paint B up into being is uh, it's an invitation to belong. And that's the way that we're going to be communicating this from this day forward with house. B is us welcoming people in. It's an invitation to belong, to belong to family, to belong to a community that's full of faith and that places Jesus first. It's the welcoming back or welcoming home. Because how many of you realize so many people need to be welcomed back? They've had experiences with the church or they've just had experiences overall that they aren't too crazy about church. Or maybe they've been burned and they're apprehensive about really giving themselves up to community. They're like, oh, it's fine, like, and I want to be a part, but like, oh, I don't trust some of you guys. Or like, stuff has happened before, so I don't know about this all. But this is an invitation saying, it's okay. Welcome home. Come home and come on back. It's an invitation for us to step into all that God's called us to be. Be, grow, thrive. House is a place for you to be, grow, thrive. Our connect groups start this week. What better way than on a weekly basis to have community? Not just on a Sunday. Not just on a Sunday to encourage each other, but to do the hard yard with each other on the weekly basis midweek, where we can go deeper. Because let's be frank, like, everyone is yearning for something deeper, right? We want something. We crave something. We don't want, we're, our, we're full of a city, like, in a city of people who are over the surface. We're over superficial stuff. We've been fed that for years and years, and we're craving something deeper, People are yearning to experience something sacred, right? Something beyond themselves. And it's inside the church. Anne-Marie and I, our prayer for House SF is that we'll always be a place where the light is on and the door is always open. There's always a seat at the table. People need to just hear that. You belong. You belong, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you felt in the past. And if you feel like you don't belong, that's a lie. Because <laughs> you do. That light is always going to be on welcoming you home. That door is always going to be open for you, waiting for you to come back inside, and there's always a seat at the table. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what life looks like, there's always a seat at the table with family. Amen. And that's who we are. People walk through these doors and they walk in anonymous, but they yearn to leave known. That's what we can provide as a church family. People come in with so many questions and wondering what's going on in life. It's interesting because two of the greatest pain points in society today, we could even call them questions, but I would say they're more pain points are 
Why on earth am I here? What's my purpose? And then next would be, who do I belong to? Who's my people? Two questions that always resurface. Who's my people? Who's my tribe? Who do I belong to, right? Is it ironic that those, the answers to both of those questions, God has chosen to answer in the context of family? He actually answers both of those in the context of family. I think that that's so beautiful. In Ephesians 2, chapter 10, or excuse me, 2, verse 10, Paul says, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do so. So a little pressure off of you. God has a plan. You keep trying to come up with a plan. God has it. Take some of the pressure off yourself. He's going to be the one that reveals it. I personally struggled with this. Because so I was like, no, 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 I need to have my plan and for life set up. And with church, I pushed church like at arm's distance for the longest time, for years. Because so I was like, yeah, I love church. I love coming to worship and learning. But I want to get my stuff situated. I want my plan intact. I want my life kind of going in the right direction. And then I'll come in and maybe I'll start to volunteer. Or maybe I'll start to get to know people. Because for the longest time I was going to a church in Santa Rosa where I knew the people, but I didn't know the people. Like, I knew their names. I knew a little bit about them. But aside from that, besides from like a, maybe a two-hour window on a Sunday, I didn't know anything about them. But I had no desire to. Because I was like, no, God, God I'm going to honor you. I want to honor you with my life. So I need to have my plan and all of this and in check, like this is between you and I, God, this is for your glory, right? This is for your glory. And I want to be like Jesus. I want to become like Jesus. God, soften my heart and give me your heart so I can be more like Jesus, right? And Jesus is saying like, perfect. Well then, I want you to love my bride as much as I do. But then we get cold feet. Or you say, well, like, yeah, but I love it, God, but I love everyone. But yet the church is his bride. And like Sergi so beautifully said, God gave everything for it. God gave everything for us. What's our response? If Jesus loves his church that much, then I think maybe we could even begin with starting to love his church as well. We were designed, family, to function in harmony as the body of Christ. We were designed in community for community. Yeah. Father, Son, Spirit, community. Designed in community for community. You are wired for it. We wonder why we could only go so long and that we need people in our world. God created us for community, for family. We're created for family. We're being called into family and we're designed to function. Key word, function, right? 
function is moving, doing something, not just sitting back. We can't just have a church full of spectators. We need people that are functioning, the body that's functioning. We can't just have one arm doing all the work and then the legs and everyone else are on holiday. Right? That's not loving the body. We're getting things a little skewed and we're like, no, 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 I'm only gonna, I'm called to love everyone that's outside of those walls. And God's saying, that's great, but you could start here too. And then you might make a bigger impact if you start loving my church and being a part of it. We'll actually, I'll expand your reach. How many people have you met in church life that are just so overwhelmed by the burden of poverty and sickness and everything going on in the world? And they're like, I just don't know what to do. I can't do anything. Like, it's, it's so hard. We're better together. I was so encouraged to see a photo of Erica and, and Kelly the other day at the uh, Foster the Bay event. And I know they managed to take a picture of you, Kelly. And... Um, We're better together. Like we're called to reach people and love the world, but on our own, we could only get so far. When we start to do it in community, all of a sudden you have a tribe behind you, rallying behind you. It's not just you and your dream and your passion. All of a sudden it's a, it's a family behind you saying, whatever we can do to help you, we wanna see you achieve this dream. We wanna collectively reach these people. We collectively, as a church, wanna make a difference and foster children's lives. Because we know that, like Philip said last week, it's gonna make a much larger difference than just foster children. We can do this. We're intentionally created to join together to accomplish something that we could not attain on our own. I brought these silly little blocks up here, right? They're not silly. Has anyone ever played with Legos? Anyone ever? Legos, right? Has anyone ever stepped on a Lego? Worst thing ever, right? I could have gone that way and been like, see a Lego on its own? It's horrible. You step on it, you hurt yourself, right? No. But think about it. On their own, I have one, two, three, four, five blocks here. On their own, there's a block but they're actually designed to work together, to fit together. When I add one block to the others, you actually start to build a foundation. and You start to build something. They fit together, they're designed to be connected, just like you were designed to be connected to one another. In 1 Kings, there's a story of Solomon's temple, the grand temple being built, right? This verse that just struck me this time as I was in preparation and reading about this, Be, Grow, Thrive, came across this and it blew me away. It literally says on one, in 1 Kings, um, it says only stones that were shaped at the quarry were used. Only stones that were shaped at the quarry were used. Only stones that were intentionally designed to fit together were used for the temple of God. That's just like us. We're designed to fit together. But then also there's a portion where they actually had to shape these. Ouch. It's not just the happy, clappy Christian journey. 
Like part of family is being there through the periods of pain. Can I say that even in front of church? Like I know that we all want to be encouraging, but let's be real. Life always isn't a walk through like the rose fields or the you know flower fields and puppies and sunshine and all of that. A friend recently said it this way. He said, in Christianity, we always want to go from glory to glory, right? From mountaintop to mountaintop. Have all of the mountaintop experiences. But then we forget when we're in the pain that the pain is part of the process. But when we're in that portion of the process, we either want to walk away or we completely isolate ourselves from our community. If we can't be part of community on those mountaintops, how do you expect to be a part of community when you're going through it? You need people. Just like these blocks, you are all designed uniquely, but you're all designed to fit together. All of us. In 1 Peter 2.5, Peter says, you are living stones being built into a spiritual house, a royal priesthood. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul uses the imagery again of building. He says with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Cornerstone in biblical times, it was a literal stone. But what they used it for is it was actually the first stone that was laid out of any building. Anytime they had a project, it was the very first stone that was laid because everything else would be lined up and built off of that one stone. Doesn't that make sense then? Jesus being our cornerstone, everything being lined up off of him, he carries the weight, he carries the load because we weren't meant to. We could build our lives on him, firm, the firm foundation then Paul goes on to say that we are his dwelling place. So the church, we're the dwelling place of God. But it's not just these four walls, right? It's literally not these four walls. That was Old Testament. God chose to fill the tabernacle. He chose to fill buildings with his presence. Because of the cross, he chose to fill you with his presence. So he's no longer filling buildings. He's filling people. So this is why together we can reach the world. We can reach our cities. We can reach our families. Paul doesn't let off of this. All throughout Corinthians even. In Corinthians 3 he says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And then three chapters later, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? He goes on and on. Church, you need to get this. You carry the presence of God. You're carries of God's presence and kingdom. When Jesus prayed, your kingdom come. You know that you're part of that? He's placing his spirit in you to bring the kingdom and the reign of and rule and reign of God on earth. He's put it inside of you to bring it into your workplaces, to bring it into your families, to bring it with you everywhere you go. You carry this. 
We, as the church, together, unified, we should be the full expression of Jesus Christ to this earth. He literally chose us to. I'm going to invite the worship team up. I want to share a verse with you that really struck me. It blew me away. I've never seen this. I don't know how. I, maybe I've just skimmed over it. And yesterday I was telling Anne Marie, I need to read you this. <laughs> like, you got to read it. I'm like, you need to see this. But it's in Ephesians 1, um, verses 22 to 23. But Paul's talking about the rule of Christ, right? He's been put over everything. But he says, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's you. You're his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's what you carry. Do you realize that? I didn't even realize it with this imagery, but like, he fills everything in every way, but we are his fullness, like us together. Not just Craig alone. Craig with Teresa and Alex and Paulina and Arlene and Nathan. All of us together, we are his fullness. We are the picture of what the bride can be, what the bride should be. We carry this. We carry his kingdom on earth. So what place to, better place to be, <laughs> and to be and grow and thrive and to plant yourself in than in God's house? Because while you're striving outside of the church to find meaning and to find purpose and to find your place, God is saying, the light's still on. That door, it's open. And there's a seat for you at the table. You're a son and a daughter. This is where you belong. This is what you're built to thrive in. So come home and step into freedom. Let's worship together. Thanks again for listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.